0: Sorry, we're closed.
1: All right, welcome back, guys. Another episode. Sorry, we're closed. We have the full gang here today. Gang
0: is back. Shawnee is back together.
1: Yep, Tortivo and uh, me. But the first thing I want to talk about today, TiVo, did you see the bar stool? Um, not that you tuned in, but have you seen clips of like the Barcelona Awards Show?
2: I saw the uh, Tank Never Give Up clip. <laughs> it just yeah, stole that's TV's what I was fire.
1: I know Frank the Tank. Who, uh, if you, yeah, I don't know how if you're a baseball fan in any way, or if you're not, you know, if you don't know this guy, but he is an avid Mets fan, and he a guy like just kind of made his name by screaming and yelling. Um, and but I think I met him once. He seems like for the most part, like a genuinely nice person. Like he's not, he's not a mean person. And he just put up a speech. Well, he didn't put up a speech. Barcelona did, but he, they had a Barcelona 20, 20 year anniversary award show. And uh, he put up that speech. But he, he's a guy you got to root for. Frank the Tank. I know Steve Cohen doesn't like him. I know the most of the Mets players probably don't like him. but I bet uh, the Mets uh, freaking love him. Uh, there's some guys that probably do like them. There's other guys yeah. that probably are like, you know, but yeah, salty,
0: salty old dudes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if you have a got to, you, you
1: got you to gotta love the tank. Yeah, you do. And it's again, it's part of baseball. Like I was it. I think I just posted, I forget. Let's see if I can find it. But I posted a TikTok again about like me being upset about like people just being like little bitches about, like getting made fun of when you've been in pro sports. I think I put it about some person on Twitter said, Oh, it was, I think we talked about last week. It was about, uh, you know, um, Elon getting rid of the block uh, feature on Twitter. It's right. like, listen, you're trying to become popular on Twitter. Like, I don't tell you, you're going to get people that hate you. I don't know. I don't know if that, I mean, it's just part of the game, but anyway, we're doing tivo i didn't get to talk to you but i talked to sean quite a bit quite a bit for about five minutes in the kitchen prior to <laughs> um prior to uh the the, po- sh- the podcast and uh we talked about a little bit about some transitioning of exactly what we wanted to talk about on the show because it seems like we just talk about a lot of randomness at times which is fine and i'm sure we'll we'll dive more into <laughs> randomness but being a little bit more structured, like not structured, but like a little bit of what do we talk about most of the times on this show. And I, I always seem to like talking about like the business behind sports and kind of how it, you know, I think some people just look at some of the the basics and I'll give the example, which is our starting topic. <laughs> I give the, like, look at the basics rather than look at like behind the scenes and behind the curtains of why this is actually happening. And I think we can give that because we've, we've been on the player side and the coach side. And then you know we're now all in the business world and be like okay well now i'm running my business they're much larger scale but this is probably why they do that so we'll start off today with our good friends the new york yankees the bombers the bronx bombers and i i tweeted recently about how much i love the trade deadline because i just see how frustrated yankee fans get every single year i mean they haven't won since 2009 And, I mean, you're going now, this is 14 years without a World Series. I mean, at what point do we get to a point where we're talking curse? Is it 20?
0: No, get out of here. I mean, it's a big deal for the Yankees, but 14 years is not that long of a drought. Uh, I mean, it is for the Yankees, but, you know, with respect to baseball and sports, 14 years is nothing.
2: Yankees are cursed. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's what, what's the, what, who, what's the curse? New stadium. You're never going to win new stadium. They have one in the new stadium though.
2: It shows, it shows you how much I follow baseball. I'm out.
0: 2009. Is that right? <laughs> Are you muted for a reason? Do you guys hear an echo? No. Talk. Hi. Hello.
2: Test one, two, three
0: testing 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 no echo nothing
2: no echo on my side
1: yeah well they won't let me use my headphones for some reason so anyway what you were saying was <laughs> when was the last the last uh i'll be so again i didn't hear yeah, so the saying, this, there's
0: there's like I, there's no curse like this force 14 years not that No, long i'm before.
1: saying but when is the curse when does a curse begin
0: oh 30 years
1: 30 years. 40 so years halfway, so we're halfway to curse 30.
0: I mean, thirty even seems thirty. Thirty, we're talking curse. Yeah, thirty, 30 we're talking is long, curse,
1: especially for the Yankees. Then I think yeah, again, thir- if you're talking about the Marlins. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah probably yeah.
1: a different number, but the Yankees.
0: What, what was what was it for the for the Cubs when when it was like curse curse? Was that like a hundred? I mean, yeah, I mean, they were over a hundred years. Yeah, okay, but that's like, what I was wondering.
1: That's just our lifetime. We don't know what they were talking about in the seventies. If, if 15, no, no, we were- I
0: know, but I'm saying I'm saying like that's when we were like officially so. But even, what was it with the Red Sox curse? of The Bambino? Would, did they had they not won since Babe Ruth? Yeah, is that that's the deal? And
1: once as they trade Babe Ruth,
0: uh, what a great curse! I'm too bad that I never i I always thought that curse was just a, f- a f- funsies until Aaron Boone just whacked Eight. that sucker into the upper deck. I was like, oh, this this might be real. Yeah,
2: 86 yeah, I, years I, for the Red Sox. Yeah wow.
1: the the curse of the of the great Bambino was like a cool legend hmm. in baseball. And again, I well, eventually then, would play for the Red Sox and. and so, Sean, to you're win. a
2: Yankees fan. Yeah. So how many Pat? Pat and I. Pat likes to say this. How many years until you can't use twenty-seven rings? Mm. Oh well. Or you just say. Well, no, you're gonna,
0: you're, you're gonna, no, you're gonna use twenty-seven rings until forever, until somebody. You know, I mean, look at Notre Dame. Notre Dame talks about it. Are you allowed to use there. twenty-seven
2: rings if you if you're like, let's say you're like a nine-year-old fan? Are you allowed to use twenty-seven rings?
0: Well, yeah, absolutely, you're allowed to. But think about, well, I mean, I get you, but I would if I was the fan. I mean, I understand the the calamity behind it. But think about this. When I was in the NBA going around to the different stadiums, uh, I was very interested in, like, what banners were hung up. So, like, at Staples Center, we would only hang up championship banners, but a lot of people would hang up, like, division champs uh, or, you know, stuff like that. And what I especially noticed was that in Minnesota, I think it was Minnesota, uh, they actually claimed – the minneapolis lakers uh, championship in their in their in their rafters so uh, like they're you know they're gonna they're i guess they're claiming that they were a champion at one point i don't um, think you can do that but. no 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 i don't think so either i think that's kind of crappy but 27 rings like you're gonna you know no, you're not gonna you're gonna you're gonna use that forever no one's gonna no one's gonna pass the yankees in today's day and age it's gonna take it's gonna take 300 years before anybody's even that in that ballpark
1: yeah, twenty seven is is an and but because this is back
0: in the day, like those rings, like the Celtics having thirteen ships, like like with the Bob Cousy, Bill Russell era, you can't do that, UCLA. Eleven champion national championships. They have run like four in a row. You can't do that anymore. Um, the, the the playing field is way too even across. There's too many good players out there for for those kind of things to happen. Even look at UConn women's basketball. Uh, UConn women's basketball. Like there's just better players now, and they're you know they're still doing what they've always done, but they've just not, they can't win as many championships anymore. Uh, it, you know it the, does- the playing field's evening out. I agree with you, Sean, because it does
1: seem as though that like, especially UConn, it's like. Who was the first team to care about women's women's basketball in college in in college sports. It seemed like it was like Tennessee and UConn and then Tennessee fell off. Like, I guess a little bit and UConn just kept going and going, but they were like the only teams that cared about it. And now other, you know, colleges are coming around and putting some effort into it. And now they're caring about
0: it. Exactly. But and also the same, same time it's like, it's becoming more of an accepted thing and more popular for young girls to play sports and to train at sports. Uh, And I think you're seeing that. I think you're seeing that now with the women's world cup where, uh, other countries are now uh you know developing their youth girls sports uh, and you know case in point we get knocked out in the uh, round of 16 barely even made it in
1: yeah yeah well the reason again the reason I bring up the Yankees is because you see all these teams and and specifically these Yankee fans who just absolutely go berserk about how Brian Cashman still a uh, general manager after how many years of not winning a World Series, you know they hold these guys to a higher standard because you're the Yankees, right? I mean, I think Aaron Boone might be on the. I think Aaron, Boone, Aaron Boone's definitely on the hot seat. Uh, but you see all this. They the Hal Steinbrenner came out and said Brian Cashman's going absolutely nowhere. He is not on the hot seat. <laughs> wow, he is good. Said that. Yeah, he's good to go. And so, what I want to do is you know i've, I've been on a po- on baseball podcast before we've talked baseball on this podcast before i've gone on several i was a member obviously of the name redacted podcast which i love uh shout out those guys for the red sox but something that i think is unique to what you know us three have is we've all started our own businesses um and again on a smaller scale obviously in comparison to the new york yankees
0: but <laughs> no i think my business is you know, neck and neck, yeah, with with the the conglomerate that is the Yankees. So, my so, business has yes, never
2: lost in the playoff series. Just so.
0: <laughs> never <laughs> won. Tebow looks. You are you are on one right now in your little, uh, you know, friggin' tour bus outfit over here. I love like, it. Yeah, it looks like he's trying to shield himself from the paparazzi. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on from uh, from
1: from uh, uh, from Tebow. The 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 thing that I think oftentimes that people don't talk about are like the business side of it, which is what we like to talk about on this podcast. So I think it'd be good for the fans, um, specifically, you know, right now we're gonna talk mostly baseball, but for baseball fans and and sports fans in general, just to kind of think about this stuff before you go on your Twitter rampage. And we'll give you some. You get the baseball looks elsewhere. We'll want to give you a little bit of the business looks behind it and why they probably aren't doing it. So the the teaser I put up on Twitter oh, says the first the first topic, the first topic was the business behind the Yankees and why they don't actually care about winning. Now that's obviously a little bit probably aggressive than it actually is, but they care about winning to an extent, but the reason I say this, and this is why I put in general sense is just because in today's day and age, specifically the Yankees brand and how strong it is them winning isn't super meaningful to the bottom line of the New York Yankees. And I'll, I, I did a little research, not a lot, but I'll bring a little bit of statistic to this and I'll, I'll open it up for, for discussion here in 2019. They did six hundred and eighty-three million dollars in revenue. Twenty twenty, obviously a shit year with COVID. They did 108.
0: Yeah, they are a little little more than me in revenue. I didn't I little A more, little bit more. A
1: little bit more. Slightly. You were you were 677, right, sean 677, 677, point four. Point four. 4. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Um in 2020, 108, all three of us, our businesses beat them in 2020. <laughs> uh we weren't as impacted by COVID as they were. Um 2021, they Bounce back up to 482 and then in 2022 they're at 657. so if you just look and again we can open this up to three people again three people that have all started their own businesses and had to do certain things in the marketing world and all that but if you look if just a basic thing and this is what me and Sean were talking about pre-show was seemingly all you have to do as far as a business model for the Yankees is make some big signs in the, make a few splashes in the off season. And then the the fan base is back on board. They'll, they'll watch, they'll do it. They'll get pissy, do it again next year. And you'll just keep on making that, that money because people are coming to watch Yankee games. Even if they don't go in person, everyone knows the money's in the TV ratings. So even if they don't come in person, you know, you're making, they're going to make a ton of money. And then on top of that, you, you add that all together is If you're Hal Steinbrenner, if you're the Yankee owners, and like, do you really care? The winning is not affecting how much money you're making, how strong the business is. So why would you care that much besides the the backlash you get on Twitter? Why would you care that much about winning all the time? Because you're going to affect your bottom line if you do try to sign all these big players all the time and try to win, 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 win. Why do you, what, you know, and if you like Brian Cashman, me and Sean were talking about, Brian Cashman's your boy. You like working with the guy. Why are you going to fire him? You're not, he's not hurting you. You're making, you're making, you're making a killing. So, like, the thought process of like, you know, let's win. We're the Yankees, blah, blah, blah. No, I get it. And it should, you should try to always bring in the new, new, new fans, which your your parents are probably going to do. I mean, look at Sean. Sean's recently engaged. He's going to go, uh, probably go have a family and those kids can be West Street Mountaineer fans. Although they've given him nothing but turmoil for the last (laughs) 30 years of his life. So you don't necessarily need to put a winning product on the field in order to continue making a ton of money, which is why I put the teaser out of, this is why the Yankees don't really care. I'm curious, Sean, what are some of your thoughts on this?
0: Well, I think I've got a lot, man. I think that the Yankees, you know, I think that they're running a, a playbook that doesn't necessarily work anymore. I think specific to the Yankees, like I think back in the day, I mean, even look at like videos of like '90s and early 2000s baseball. Like it was just such a different game. It was the, the culture was 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 much much different. Uh, and buying an Arod, uh, and you know, like buying your team was a was a strategy that really worked. It, look, it, from from my angle, which I'm not a huge baseball guy, but you know, from my angle, it seems like that's not the recipe anymore. Like they're still running that playbook, but it's not. Uh, It's not as effective as it once was. I think the other side of it is, is I actually don't think, I think you're right. I think that the uh, Yankees ownership doesn't care about winning at least all that much. I think old George Steinbrenner is, is got, you know, has got catching by the balls, if not completely, you know, erased from the world because he really cared about, about, uh, about winning. Uh, And I think if they really, really cared about winning, I think Cashman's gone. I think Boone's gone. I think uh, there's a complete overhaul in the system. I think they're looking at what they're doing wrong and why this thing isn't working and why it hasn't worked and worked for a while. I look at a guy like Steve Ballmer from uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. I mean, he was gone as far as they're opening a brand new arena because they didn't want to be at the JV to the Lakers anymore. So they are opening a brand new arena, billions, multiple billions of dollars invested into that project. Uh, and if, not to mention all of the hundred millions of the other dollars that are invested into projects or you know trying to bump up the clippers brand like that's a guy who cares about winning then i look at the guy uh who, who's what's the name of the guy they're getting there they just kicked out of washington commanders what's his name snyder am i right on yeah, that Yeah, dan snyder so snyder like i think it's pretty clear that he doesn't care that much about winning this might have been like an ego play for him to own the commanders like everybody talks about how it's the crappiest team uh you know the crappiest organization they they work you know they the, the stadium was like falling apart same with like the oakland athletics so you look at oh those kind of owners and it's like you know maybe they don't necessarily care so much maybe it's an ego play maybe it's a maybe it's a money play um and then the, the two numbers that you mentioned 657 687 over what was this what was one was 2019 and one was 2022 so
1: yeah so 2018 we had 683 2020 108 482 and 2021 and 657 so they're coming back to the 2019 numbers now
0: yeah, so what's interesting to me about that is, if we, let's talk business, is two things. I wonder, like from the Yankees' perspective, uh, that's trailing, that's dipping revenue uh, on top of the fact that there's significant inflation uh, over the last few years. Uh, so I don't know, I, I don't have the math, or nor am I very good at that. Um, but that, uh, that is much more so, given the high rates of inflation over the last few years, Much more of a dip than just the binary looking at these two numbers next to each other. It's a much bigger dip. I think the other thing that might be a a thorn in the Yankee side is the fact that something that you've mentioned before, Patrick, is that the Yankees don't have that ability to build the surrounding area and create like this little monopoly town, Yankee city, Yankee town, uh, where they can make tons and tons of money like all of these other uh, sports franchises and other sports. Uh, have the ability to do uh, so not only are they having a hard time you're know, losing some money on that end um, I think that they might be looking at what's, what John Henry wants to do uh, and seeing like oh my gosh like look what he's doing with the Fenway area uh, and I'm losing all this damn money over here right uh, so I think that I think that there's a lot of caveats to consider here I think a, is you're like, you're, they definitely, winning is not their top priority by any means. But from a business standpoint, I actually if you don't. I'd also want to see the profit on it, right? Like, if look at the numbers, let's compare it to their expenses. I mean, it's got to be pretty expensive to run a major league baseball team in, in, in New York City. So I think there's all sorts of stuff to consider there. Um, and to me, it kind of looks like they're not doing good at any of it.
2: The yeah. inflation part was interesting because I thought that too. So I just did a quick inflation calculator. So take it with a grain of salt, but it was about twenty percent from two thousand nineteen to today. So that's your money is huge had on those 20, numbers, especially twenty percent more buying power back in two
0: thousand nineteen. That's a that's a that's a, that's huge like
2: that's it was a very
1: good point you know I don't like to give you a lot of credit Sean but I didn't think of inflation and what it's gonna again and granted let's keep in perspective that most of the stuff that they've lent out or they borrowed on is probably you know a fixed rate yeah. uh, so they probably mm-hmm. haven't felt so much interest rate, but they can't go get more money yeah. at that rate probably so they they have certainly felt felt the pain but you're also talking about from the that's a debt side but a really good point, something I feel, which I'm sure they're feeling even bigger because they're, they're, they're buying way more is on the goods, like buying beer, buying chicken, buying all this stuff, which we've seen go up
0: and we have to charge higher prices. And now they've and never done that charge. thing with the, with the, sp- the remember right ran the beginning of this year with the, with the pitch clock. And they were talking about how the beer sales is going to decline. Yep. I yep. think the, Yankee. I mean, I don't have the numbers at all, but. The, from from this what we're talking about right here it sounds like they could be hurting from all areas listen I'm sure listen, I'm sure they're doing fine but you're right <laughs> they're they're definitely not like the
1: the the, the tra- trailing indicators are going downwards yeah the the profit the profits they showed in 2019 or the profit margin at least they showed in 2019 in comparison to what they showed in 2022 probably different right they're probably not they might they, it, the percentage might be down as far as how much money they've made who knows I'm sure contracts are up since then as well so who knows really what they're doing but another good point you made is where baseball's headed you've seen John Henry in, in the Red Sox who they, they're their arch rival they're 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 you know putting uh, more investments into the minor leagues and building from within and then signing guys around it like the Dodgers like the Rays because they've seen a more consistent product on the field over and over and over again um with there and like I said like you said Sean another good point you made was where John Henry is building around the Red Sox Stadium and I'm sure plenty of other owners are doing that as well again a brief Google search because I didn't think of that prior to coming on the show a brief Google search I just wrote I just typed in have have the Yankees built around Yankee Stadium and then I wrote has how Hal Steinbrenner built around Yankee Stadium and you know that would show up results if he had and there's nothing there uh, I well, haven't seen, seen Yankee any.
0: Stadium it's it's in the middle of the city. They have the park across the street which used to be old Yankee Stadium. Uh, there's I mean there's like Yankee themed bars and stuff, but uh, there's that's not yeah, there. they, I know they have I some see. Yankee store like Yankee specific stores
2: in Manhattan but definitely yeah, not I, a destination if if you're not going to a game at all.
1: No, but, but that's similarly, though, what, what people talk about, though, is like, and I think John Henry's doing a great job, which is why it's probably so it, it's unlikely in the near future. He sells the Red Sox is because I think he's doing a great job of, hey, listen, I've, Fenway Park's always been here, right? We, they haven't moved Fenway Park, but Fenway Park's here. We're going to put a great product on the field. We're going to get people to enjoy the Red Sox and do all that and bring so much, you know, you know, money to that area. And then we're going to start building around it which you know i don't know when fenway park was built and if it was a bad area town at the time but typically speaking you go to where land is a little first off a little bit more free so you can build like metlife is built in the middle of uh, east rutherford which has a lot of space so you get parking and stuff like that but on top of that land is cheaper than building that in central park so it's you have you just have a little more flexibility so i'd have to imagine that fenway park was built in an area of town that maybe wasn't as lucrative as you know maybe where the other places other parts of the city were like you know where seaport's getting really nice right now stuff like that but like you build you put something there that is fantastic that's going to draw people there and you start building nice things around it because now people want to live around that even though and they'll pay a higher price so they can make it a very easy walk to fenway park because it is such a hub in the middle of summer in Boston. Uh, when you're walking down um i forget what street i always forget when i actually want to reference the street but then i'll be having a morning cup of coffee and i'll remember the street name but if you're walking down um that one of the main streets in boston going before the game it's just everyone's walking the same way like it's so interesting you just see that and then after the game everyone's walking back you don't see that really i mean obviously it's new york city's a much bigger city you have to travel into the bronx in order to get to the yankee stadium but it's interesting kind of what you what you've what you've spoken about and 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 the the business economics around the Yankees and how like you said you know Sean pointed out they're hurting on inflation they're hurting on not being able to build around the stadium there's hurting in other areas and then he put on top of that where winning or winning a World Series for that matter isn't that important to how much money they're making on the top line so as fans, as customers, you have not incentivized them in any way to make winning a World Series a priority for them. It just it just isn't there for you. They they it, you haven't made them feel it. Um, and so, like from the bar industry, like I I feel it when my customers don't like what we do there, and like people go elsewhere, they they try other spots out, so on and so forth, and then you incentivize me to change, spend money maybe to go the old green rock we put this lighting system in at green rock because and we're trying to figure out ways to use it because it's a little bit more you know green rock used to be like this hole in the wall bar but people you know we're seeing places around as competition putting in these crazy things and all this stuff like well we want to keep up right so you put this in because the customer experience is so important to us and we have to charge high prices because we're in hoboken right because rents high insurance high all that stuff but it is it's it If you're Hal Steinbrenner, I I ask all all of you at home to think about it, if you were Hal Steinbrenner, would you really, really, really care about winning a guy in an older demographic, probably not on Twitter, probably at most maybe sees the newspaper? Like Like, if Grandma Casey, Sean, owned the Yankees, would she even know she's getting backlash?
0: <laughs> you know well, what I'm saying? Like, she's I mean, forty years
1: older than House Steinbrenner. Well,
0: I think that you're looking at the difference between the different types of owners. And I mean, we could talk about the dynamics. Like one of the things I'm thinking of is I'm like thinking of like uh Logan Roy and the Roy children, right? Like Logan Roy built this thing, and then Logan Roy dies, and then the children remember like in the last season they're all like, Yeah, uh, this is how dad would have wanted. I think this is what dad would have done, right? And I think that probably that's what's happening internally with Yankees brass of like, they're trying to, they're trying to replicate an unreplicable process. Uh, And, you know, they just, you just can't do that with, you know, he's, he's one of one George Steinbrenner. So what I think you get to is this, is this rich kid scenario. I think you get to this trying to repeat the unrepeatable scenario. And I think I also on top of that, I think you get the hey, life's pretty good for Hal Steinbrenner. It's always been pretty good. I've always been part of the Yankees. Like, I, like winning isn't in my blood. Winning was something I've taken for granted. Something that it was that it was blessed upon me at birth. Uh, and now, like, it's not something like when 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 like when people compete, they compete because they're like like they just have, they need it, right? You know, I was listening to uh, I was listening to. I was listening to Kobe Bryant yesterday on uh, on one of the podcasts. I was Tyron to Lue too? And they were talking about like the, their upbringing and how you know they just had to fight for stuff and how they didn't really have to do this. So I wonder, like, like all three of those things. It's like I don't think he. It's just he just doesn't care about winning that much. And I think if you took a Steve Ballmer or you found a different owner who did, uh, I do. I think things change immediately. I mean, who, everybody, everybody in the big leagues. I remember working in baseball. This is the thing. Oh, you you haven't played in the big leagues until you have played in Boston, Chicago, San Francisco, New York. You just have you just haven't done. It. Uh, and everybody wants to play there, but you know it's, they just need the right pieces. And Hal is not the right piece.
1: Now, I mean, I remember looking, remember back as a kid, the first thing I remember with Hal, which was so unique and people were like kind of up in arms about it, was he was letting other teams come play at Yankee Stadium and they were letting like um like uh like the Pinstripe Bowl they were letting concerts and George was like this is Yankee turf and only Yankee turf. no one really a Cathedral yes and it was only for Yankee baseball players <clears throat> and who they were playing against so you certainly have had a changing of the guard in regards to who is how is this place being run how is the team being run But again, like you said, like, we just go back to, you know, there you know, people are incentivized by money and how the businesses are doing. If you look at the CEOs, like people always want to talk about how, how like, oh, the CEOs only care about profits. Well, of course they do, because the only way they keep their job is by making profits go higher. Uh, so it is like you, that's how you've incentivized people. People aren't in my opinion, inherently bad people. Most times you've, you've incentivized them to act this way. So, from the, the stock market is such a huge thing and your job is so heavily reliant upon your your profits going up and your revenue going up that you now will they will do things and anything that it takes to make money go high like be, have, have that profit margin go up right so it's the same thing is like when it comes to the yankees when it comes to any baseball team and i know we're picking on the yankees right now but when it comes to any any baseball team or any sports franchise or any business it's it, you have to incentivize the owners in order
0: to uh to to you have to like win in order to make more or make this well so here's more. the question so what as i'm trying to think of like what can a, a fan do like what are the fans like even as a collective whole how do they do it right so like how do they actually move the needle like they bitch and complain talk about Twitter you know the talking heads on ESPN yes Network, you know they all do their thing but like how do you really do it and remembering maybe back when you were there Patrick uh Remember, the Red Sox had this, like, huge, super long sellout streak, uh, and they were, like, anticipating that it's going to end on this date, and it did, Uh, and it was this big deal, and I I assume the Red Sox were in a pretty big slump, uh, probably years-long slump of not doing so well, uh, and it eventually ended. I'm sure they're they're on another streak now, because just the Red Sox, and they're, you know, I mean... unbelievable fans uh but like does that move the needle but then i think like i remember working for the diamondbacks and i go to those games i remember the opening day at the Diamondbacks. it was like a third full uh and then i get a billion dollar tv deal from fox I'm like does it even matter like i look at pirates games and tvs does it even matter that these fans don't even show up to the game like what's the you know, what's, what's, what really moving the needle here? If you really want to incentivize a, like, what it kind of feels like to me is like the only way to really move the needle is to move the person in charge and like get somebody in there who actually cares about winning because revenue wise fans don't really have any say. You could maybe hype up the PR on them, but they don't really care. And there's nothing, doesn't have to do anything.
2: I actually have an interesting thought around the general like it could be a revenue question, but more of just the popularity of these big teams. Like you would consider the Yankees, like a top five, four sports franchise in any sport. Red Sox are up there, you know, Dallas Steelers, like the, the names that are super recognizable due to the fact that 20, 30 years ago, we, we only saw them in the newspapers and on, and on TV, yeah. right? And then with the birth of social media, And a lot of these international superstars coming in, I think the mixture of that is giving people the ability to learn about these different cities and and different teams and becoming fans of them. And, you know, if you get a a smaller market paired with a Giannis, um, that's going to give it international brand where it used to just be all the big name players from all these other countries went to the Red Sox or the Yankees because they had the money um and and so you know obviously you still have to have the money if you want to get them but I wonder if that combo of international players plus the exposure of just general social media is letting see letting people see the different jerseys the different hats because I remember when I was like a kid it was you either saw a Yankees hat or or a Red Sox hat really or maybe an LA hat walking down the street and I just feel like now there's just such a mixture of hats and jerseys from there's you know the Yankees still stick out a little bit maybe but not not as much as they used to
0: I think I think you're 100% right I mean our dad talks about it all the time about how growing up like it was always Notre Dame on TV and West Virginia you'd have to listen to the radio like very rarely and I remember when I was a kid not like we would get play 12 Mountaineer games and four to six of them would be on TV Uh, now every single one of them is on TV so I think and I've actually heard inside of NBA circles that it is uh made people more willing to go to smaller market teams because it's just the internet has has shrunk the world I mean those those big name teams still hold the esteem no doubt uh but maybe maybe
2: a 20 percent haircut who knows
0: I definitely think there's a haircut no doubt I don't know how much but I definitely think that uh there is much and I also think that there's I think that people care less about winning and there's more personal uh you know I want my money. I want to get the max deal. Like, I don't care so much about winning the championship. That'd be awesome. But I think that's secondary to me getting mine, especially yeah. in the way that the baseball is set up. Where like right in the beginning like you've got to kind of prove yourself you've got to fight for a job then you want to keep the roster spot then you've got to get through arbitration and like i don't know it's like six years seven years in you're finally getting a a legitimate deal here so like they're fight, you're fighting for survival in baseball uh, until you're like legitimately established or you're a superstar and you get there earlier which we will hit on in our
1: last topic but the other thing that I think when when hearing you guys talk about this stuff, like one, I think you're right. Like long t- long term, like if I bought a baseball team right now, like long term, and it was like a small market team, like I would emphasize like our TikTok stuff and and keeping. Like I saw the Pirates did yesterday; they did, or maybe not yesterday, just when I saw it. It was those guys. There's two guys that go on college campuses and hold hold a sign, like you know, first one to bring me a cheeseburger from In and Out, you know, gets a hundred yeah. bucks, and they hold this hundred bucks, yeah, it's and like they do that, and it's whatever. like. Yeah, and so like people that follow them that might be young and impressionable and becoming baseball fans, you know they might like the Pirates now. When back in the day, like you guys are right, like in newspapers, really all you saw were the Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, Cubs. Like these are the teams you saw, and so that's who you were a fan of. There's also the side of the side of it that you still outside of sports have the cooler cities. So like new york is Definitely. still like you know new york growing up i always heard was the capital of the world so that's always because of their because of the economic power because of all these cool ass buildings they're building all that stuff when you're growing up in the states or or abroad it's still gonna be like it's still gonna be cooler to tell your buddies you played in new york city yeah. than playing in milwaukee that's just going to be cool same with los angeles you go, oh I'm, i I play in hollywood you know in chicago miami like you still have those cooler places that are cool to play but i do believe like you said uh, um tivo like maybe it is a 20% haircut you know maybe it's it's become less cool and you can go have fun elsewhere but it's a little bit a little bit of a haircut uh on how cool it is um and it, it goes into the t- one of the things i want to talk about today as well is mookie Betts right mookie Betts came out recently is the his first time back to fenway park is today i think or tomorrow and mookie Betts is has come out recently and said that there was a rumor and it was it, it didn't seem like a rumor Everyone was saying it was true was that he had got offered back in the day a 300 million dollar plus deal with 10 years and that he turned it down that he and that showed that he didn't actually want to be in Boston anymore he wanted to move on now at the time I told everybody because I had played with Mook and knew him well uh that he was going to take the biggest offer the most the the best bang for your buck uh he was going to the the biggest dollar amount and he did ultimately do that, and he recently said in the Boston Globe as he's being ret- as returning that he never got offered that from the Red Sox. And this, I think, is good. It combines kind of bit with what we're talking about, and we see these huge deals and these guys trend towards these minor league players. And it does a great job, also with with my other two topics. Everything's kind of coming together here. Is does is it does it work especially with some of the new deals that have come into place here with major league baseball does it have we incentivize owners to, to their bottom line just the, just the strict financials to be calling players up earlier to be getting their youth and and their those first six years because they're never going to sign up for big contracts. it's not going to be their problem anyway hmm. so why are we wasting good years in the minor leagues and get them because it was looked at as remember when we sat in Scott Boris's office Sean he I think he said like 28 or 27 to 32 was the prime if they're not seeing that anymore, if they're seeing their prime be 23 to 27, then they're gonna get their prime, if they're college athletes, they can call them up in year one and they're gonna get all of the prime years and then go sign a big contract at the end of it, go somewhere else. We don't watch anymore, we're gonna go with these guys. And you know these these older guys, I remember when I was getting, um, I was never coming close to free agency, but when I was a reliever, the guys, were, you know, my agent was always telling me, hey, listen, if you wanna sign and you wanna sign a big deal or if you wanna sign any type of deal really, You know you need to be a closer otherwise you're going to be too old for your position and these guys are going to go too expensive for your position you're going to be a seventh inning guy sixth inning guy signing for a couple million when they can go bring up a 26 year old who might do a little worse than you because they have less experience but it's going to be a fourth of the price and so you're you're seeing this and right now the orioles are showing that the orioles just called up their catcher their young young catcher in his like second year the Angels uh just called up a guy they drafted this year uh he was batting 370 in double A straight to double A batting 370 doing great called him up uh, a lot of people saying it's a desperate move to try to take advantage of Otani and my trout unfortunately uh Mike Trout back to the IR after Otani got hurt yesterday or two days ago torn UCL so <clears throat> you're seeing a little bit of a change here in baseball and what's going on In regards to, have we incentivized these owners now to kind of get to a point where, hey, listen, you know, when I was getting drafted, the the scouts used to tell us, "Be ready to disappear for three or four years. You're never going to get called up. Like you're not. We're not calling you up until we have to, unless you're a Bryce Harper, right? So it's like, oh, okay. So like, I'm just, and they made it seem like the big leagues were these, uh, these guys. They hit every pitch. They don't miss anything. And then you get up there and you're like okay yeah they're better but it's they're still not like they're not hitting everything like what are you guys talking about and you see a lot of the guys like you sean you came up through the minor leagues a little bit you saw a lot of the guys like you just played against the same guys every year pretty much
0: yeah all the same guys
1: all the same guys they get to the big leagues and it's the same fucking guys with some of the old guys that are are going to be hall of famers or veterans in mixed in the lineup it's the same fucking guys every year so, like, these, the, the, the thought process, oh, you got to pay your due, you know, it's the minor leagues, you really got to hone your craft. I think it's a load of shit. And I think that can't, calling these young guys up, and I love what the Players Association did, and I've been critical of them in the past, but calling up these young guys, incentivizing these, these owners to call up these young guys early and give them the comments, hey, you're, you're good, man, you're good at baseball, okay? It doesn't change that much at the higher level. Keep doing what you're doing. Is the way to go. Like, why did I have to go play? you know I, I was 21 years old throwing 100 why was I going and playing even though I didn't do so well Some you know people who call me on this but why would I go play a bunch of 18 year olds I did that in high school like I'm I'm well there's I'm so few especially
0: of- at the lower levels that you know there's so few of those guys who have a chance at all I mean like I mean even from the organization's perspective like I felt so bad for a lot of these guys they come in they get this free agent contract with the Arizona Diamondbacks Bro, they're not even looking at they're not even looking at you. They don't know you. They don't they do not they don't care about you. They're not looking at you. You are there to fill a spot so they can play a game for the three guys in the team that actually matter. And I think that they came to that conclusion a little bit here as they've shuffled out some of the, I mean we had 186 guys in minor league camp. Uh, and we had seven minor league teams. I mean guys were having two AZL, two GCL teams. Uh, Dominican teams like I mean there's so many teams in baseball it's like like how many how many of these and every once in a while like somebody like comes out of nowhere you know one of these free agent guys that were signed at a high school or something very very rarely somebody's going to come out of the mix and and actually do good and and make it to the big leagues and then you still still got to stick at the big leagues uh so i mean I, I definitely agree that the minor league system can be revamped a little bit uh and That's and an i remember aspect. thinking i remember thinking like rookie ball baseball i mean, when i got to double a i was like oh these guys are these guys are, these guys are good yeah uh, but but i also say at the same token I, when i watched uh co- when i watched the college world series I'm like these guys stink <laughs> and, you know i'm jaded whatever i guess because i watched yeah you know, i watched pros for for so long but i'm like these guys stink so i don't know that i would want to bring them straight to double a but maybe at a double AA, a triple a uh even triple a I mean you tell me Patrick triple a seems kind of a joke too I mean there's you know there's it's the bullpen
1: it's so like again it's still always and I hate to be a jerk about this but it's still always the top guys and everybody else like no one really cares about the rest of the people they're there to fill And we know that (laughs) yeah so most of the guys in college World Series are fillers yeah it is what it is like you got a few good players like like Brian Johnson, who was on, who was a, a two-way player in Florida that, I, you know, I played with the red side. Great player. But the rest of the Florida I mean, there's like two other guys from Florida that probably still play. Other than that, no one cares about any of them. Like, it, it's always the case. You just, you know, when you're coming up and you, you don't realize that uh, most of the, the players, especially in college baseball, because they can't recruit from all over the country, that most of the players, yeah, they're, they're solid baseball players. They're probably overall better than a a full New Jersey team, but probably mainly because they have like some of these studs they can pull from everywhere else. But it's still just fillers. But I'm I'm wanna focus more on like the first rounders. Yeah, of course, like the guys you have to pick to fill a team. You don't call up to the big leagues. But like this guy who was eleventh overall for the Angels, banged three seventy out of Florida Atlantic, yeah, call him up. He's good. I I don't tell you so how
0: quickly how quickly are you saying? Immediately. Like if the guy's going if the guy goes as a pro baseball player, do you think that that a guy coming out of college, you know, first middle of the first round, do you think you could have went to the big leagues right away? Uh, it depends what position they put me in. I don't know that I would have been
1: successful as a starter, but to be quite frank, the scouts told me that I was going to be a reliever.
0: So if maybe you switch to me, get your feet wet, like learn to be a reliever yeah, for I a year I, at I, trips I think, or something.
1: I think there's value to to maybe putting a year in or so just to kind of get a feel for how long a big league season is in and a, and a minor league season is kind of, you know, getting your routine on that long of a year Yeah. because as a, as a young college, Good, you know, whippersnapper, you might come in there and do your same routines and that's just not going to work. Cause it's just too long of a season. Probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe you get away with it as a young guy because you can, but I think there's value. There's definitely some value to going to the minor leagues yeah. for learning a year to be a professional. Time. Yeah. But like, here at the end of the day like i was just as respectful my first year like just as a professional my first year as i was when i got into the big leagues so like that if you get good character guys you're gonna be fine there and then on top of it like my fastball was i mean arguably no not arguably i had worst fastball command by the time i got to the big leagues <laughs> and 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 the red sox you know smartest people in the room they took away my best out pitch when I got to the, when I got to baseball, because splitters hurt your arms.
0: What if, what if they did this? What do you think they did? They draft, they have a draft class. They go, everybody from draft, they, they get drafted, They go to short season, right? They go to short season. They, they well, played their college season, wear and tear. Let's teach them how to be a pro. Let's get them in. So they go to short season. Next year, the only opportunity is double A, and we have this like bullpen league down in, in down in the AZL for just, like absolute flyers and rehab stuff. And then it's just big leagues.
1: Yeah, I think that's fine. I think it, I think you get rid of the AZL League. I think it's stupid. It, it probably won't do anything. Um, I Honestly, here's the thing. And this is what I think people are having to, trouble getting. Like Baseball's got to be, I've never looked at the statistics, but it's got to be overall the oldest sport as far as age the big, of the players. Ones, yeah.
0: They oh, can age like, of players,
1: age of players, because they can last longer in baseball because like you're not an NFL running back. That's got two years to make it. Right. Yeah. Like, and, you know, Saquon Barkley. I don't know how old he is, but he might be. He's probably done at 28 which 29, <laughs> like, you 25 know. NFL running back. You toast. Yeah, so it, It's tougher in those in those. And, but b- basketball, you have a smaller team. Right. And you you just you don't. But if you got rid of. You know if you'd made baseball theoretically a bit more like those other sports where you got drafted in the first round and you went to the the big leagues and probably doing what you're doing a lot of those other guys besides the lebron jameses besides some of these guys that have been good for a while just start filtering out you don't see um some of these older guys in the bullpen probably anymore because you know you have your starter you have your closer you have your your setup guy and then you have a bunch of guys that are young guys throwing up throwing hard to fill in the rest of the roles so although i think there's benefit to kind of getting your feet wet in the minor leagues i think you've seen far more guys careers where you they just didn't need it like you just didn't need it like i was in my opinion i was a little bit more mature once i got older But i was for the most in my opinion i was the same guy pretty much from when I started in pro ball to when I got to the big leagues again, I was a more mature person, but like, you just put me through three years, four years of the ringer. I eventually got the yips, like my, my, you, for the first three years, you made me pitch like shit because all I had was my sliders now pitch, which was according to the scouting reports by far the worst pitch I had. And they tried to teach me a changeup, which I'd never thrown in my life. Like some of the stuff just didn't make sense to me, but here's the thing. If you sent me straight to double A and I was going to the big leagues the next year, would you ever take away the splitter? The reason they took away the splitter was because it was going to be tough of my arm. They didn't want me to do that over the course of the next three years. Okay, well, if you send me right to the big leagues, okay, why those three years, what were they there for? Just to waste time to hold on to me so you have these other guys who can still play at the big league level, stay around, and then eventually move on. And then I substitute them or whoever substitutes them, right? So you just see a longer career, uh, longer careers for guys in major league baseball, which is why the minor leagues, in my opinion, exist is because you need to draft these guys at 21, 18 years old, but there's no place for them yet because clay buck at 29, still throwing pretty good. And you know, we need to get him to 33 to move him out to move in the guy who's currently 25 in, and then you move into the 25 year old slot. And then that guy goes, leaves at 32 and you move in. So like, you have like this like almost like assembly line type thing in baseball where you it's not always the most talented guy in the in the, on the roster which in my opinion in basketball and in football it seems like it's the most talented guys are the ones that are playing and I don't think it's always that case uh in baseball and I think that's why they've condensed the minor leagues they've, they've made it a little bit smaller they've made it so that these guys can get caught up a little bit earlier because it it makes sense now for guys to do that for teams to do that.
0: I, I think they continue. To, I think they'll continue to do that. I mean, baseball's a big like it's always been done this way. I mean, the big thing in baseball is like you got to pay your dues, right? So like these old crusty dudes, you know, they're like you got to go, there. you got to ride the bus, you know, you gotta you gotta eat the crappy spreads, and you gotta you know you gotta play in Iowa, and like it's like part of like the, you're earning your stripes as a as a major league baseball player, which I think it probably does. Yes, even as a minor league coach, like it really does provide a, a sense of accomplishment and you know, like cachet when you get there. But yeah, but times it, change. Most certainly, most certainly unnecessary to the degree it is right now.
1: Yeah, it's and well, and again, it's changed. I, there's no more short season ball. Yeah. Um, I there is low
0: A, high A, double A, triple A. Um, Where do they go when they get drafted? No short season. I mean, this guy went to double A. You're talking about that pitcher who's dating Livy Dunn? No. We're he's talking in double A. I just saw he's it, in double A now.
1: Yeah, he's it's, it's a hitter from uh again uh Fort Atlantic for the Angels. Oh, okay. But yeah, like these guys, like they said, like I could compete at double A once I got drafted. So could Brian Johnson, so could Devin Morero Like yeah. Devin Morero uh, no offense to the guy. Like he I always liked him when I was playing with him, but like he was never that great of a hitter. And I he wasn't Alex when he got Bregman. to the big leagues.
0: I was there when Alex Bregman got drafted. Like we were in the same league, uh, and I remember him. He was he went to rookie. I think he went right to A ball. No, he went to rookie ball first for like a week. Then they sent him up to us, or sent him up to our level, uh, which was uh, which was low A. Uh, he was in he was in Quad Cities, Iowa. They didn't keep him there very long, a month. And then they shot him out to double a so he, he got there pretty quick and i remember i think dansby swanson uh, on no, a dansby swanson got hurt but we had i remember our, our draft picks would fly up pretty good up to double a and it would stall out there a little yeah, um we'll but then the, the, the high, high high picks go up quick
1: yeah but then it becomes financial at that point is way once you get I up know, there are
0: yeah, you called I up know. or do you are you gonna start the and guys when clock? yeah i know the starting the clock so
1: yeah there. Listen, there is, and the only other, in my opinion, the only other argument is talking about, like, the intelligence of the game, the analytics of the game. And almost every great player will always tell you, I was never thinking about anything when I was at my best. So I don't, it's a tough argument to sell to me. Like, I don't, like, yeah, right now, like, I I get way more the analytics and the intelligence behind pitching and, and, and calling a game and all that stuff. But, like, when I was really fucking good, striking out a lot of people, I never thought about any of it. Mm. so like is it really that important or should you just throw really hard and have a really good out pitch and you'll probably be
0: fine yeah it's probably you, you pick up some stuff along the way I, I I tend to agree with that especially from the sports performance side of it it's, there's there's a lot of lot of a lot of uh, obstacles to navigate the minor leagues. yeah so the,
1: and we can end with this as we as we as we close on it but the Orioles owner um they have seemingly a great farm system they've had some guys come up that have been really good and, and have played well, so they've drafted well seemingly over the, over the course of the last couple of years. And something that he had come out and said, they were asking, like, can you keep your young core? Can it, can it stay intact? uh going into you know the next 10 years uh of baseball one of the things of of having the three years of rookie contract three years of arbitration and then free agency is you could get they all come up around the same time like five six good years just like the Cubs got when they had Chris Bryant Anthony Rizzo all those guys like you saw the Yankees even though it didn't pan out for them they had Judd Sanchez all those guys coming up at the same time so you, you 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 look for that And he he came out and said that uh prices would either massively or drastically have to go up Mm -hmm. in order to be able to do that and i don't think he's pulling punch i don't think it's bullshitting i think he's i think he's yeah listen this is the tv deal the tv deals come in the way the tv deals come in right so you this is how much money we've made on that and that's that's that in order then now to to compensate some of these guys so there's gonna be a few of them it's not just one or two guys to compensate those guys and small markets still exist guys you're still not the Yankees you're still not Boston you're not LA you're not Chicago That's just the life that just is what it is there's a reason why my restaurant although same size maybe smaller does you know X amount more than the same size again restaurant in Fairfax Virginia it's just that is that's how this works it's just it is what it is it's the economy so there is Baltimore still a smaller Market Club they can't afford unless they raise prices drastically and maybe maybe saying that he maybe puts out a poll on linkedin do a little patty west side saying orioles fans <laughs> you willing to raise really to pay 43 dollars for a Bud light i listen do you want this kind of your team if you do then you come pay it and we'll pay them no problem like it's it's and then obviously the fans should clap back that this guy's a billionaire no one cares but is, At it's, what it's,
0: point do they start doing like a like a NIL collective, like like the college teams are doing, where the fans are just literally paying uh, for for players? I mean, that's actually kind of a swaggy idea. I mean, obviously, a lot of teams would start if it was successful they'd start doing it. But imagine that the, the Orioles saddest part about like, that
2: is there's so many everyday folks that would be throwing their money into that that fund.
0: One hundred percent. They're like a ten dollar a month subscription plan. The you know the 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 Orioles future uh, collective. Uh and you, and you get like mean, a people little bit of do button. It all time in college. Yeah. And then the you fucking can have, like the Packer little donation fans buy a little certificate
2: up. that say I'm an owner. It's the stupidest piece yeah, you, of paper ever sold.
0: I, it matters though. I mean that's I mean it is interesting. Like would they, you know, I'm sure oriole fans would to some degree uh in, in, approve price price uh price stuff. What if instead of asking for a tip at the end of the uh at the end of the, you know, concession thing, they asked for a donation to keep the young core together. You know what I mean? Like people might be like, you know what? I'm in on that. This was a fun atmosphere today, you know? Yeah, listen. I, I but it is. It's funny. Terrible. It's interesting ways like that could work. I don't think that's terrible at all. I mean it's kind of crazy, but like, dude, you could I bet they I bet they could I bet they could add I bet they could add millions to the to the bottom line by strategically doing stuff like that around around the their ecosystem
1: yeah I bet you if you put if you put beer stands all around the all around the field and all around yeah in like the concession area and there was two or three of them that were called the young core stands yeah and 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 prices were raised yeah but 40 percent of it went to just directly to a fund to fund the young core yeah Got, people will be like i'm coming i'm gonna yeah. buy the beer i'm buying i mean beer.
0: look wvu the country roads trust created the trust lager it's an ipa uh, and 100 percent of the proceeds of drinking this beer go back to paying for players do you think there's any chance of me drinking another beer when I go down? I don't care what the, I don't care. I mean, to a degree, I don't care what they, what it costs. But if it was like a hundred dollars for a six pack, I'd be like, that's crazy. But go Mountaineers. You know what I mean? Uh, and I would, I would. that's uh, a lot, but I would consider it. Well, because uh, you're thinking price. about a
1: six pack, you're talking about probably seventeen dollars or so of beer. Yeah. And in western in Mountaineer Stadium, what are you gonna pay twelve, probably? Yeah. Or, Let's go. So you pay an extra five bucks to
0: try to get some better players on your team. I think hell a lot yeah. of people think that hell yeah. I think they could do man, don't let don't let Hal Steinbrenner listen to this episode. All right. Don't let House diver because they're going to be adding tipping kiosks all over that damn stadium. <laughs> it's not a bad Shaving idea. a The Salvation Army is going to be in there ringing the damn all bell. Right,
2: I got, I got, got some for House Tyber. So here's, here's the Yankees thing. So it's like exactly what we're talking about. You can add uh, ten dollars at the end of your purchase to the Young Core Fund, and then they'll have, they'll have. You know, you have like a Starbucks card, and you earn for like, you know, you get five cups of coffee, you get a free coffee. So their the rewards program will be earn your pinstripes, and then after you after you donate like a thousand dollars, you've earned your pinstripe, and you get one freestanding only ticket. Boom! You had to donate a thousand dollars for a ten dollar
0: ticket. Each tier, each tier for <laughs> WVU's Collective, you get like you get like a hat and then a lanyard. And then you can get a signed uh f- you know ball like if for thirty dollars a month. They're like, you can get it from somebody on the women's soccer team. Like, I'm okay with that. Thanks. Uh, but if you donate 100 bucks a month, you can get it from the football team. It's like,
2: ooh,
0: right? Like, I'm telling I'm, – there is something here, folks.
1: I bet you there is. And this is what we'll – the other thing that I want to bring up, and we can end here, but the Amazon thing, I've, I've seen this coming now, where, where like, when you're doing Amazon Fresh, and it's like, hey, if you spend 20 more bucks, it's free shipping. Mm. So, wait, but, I, but if you th- really think about that, I'm going to spend 20 more dollars to save $3 yeah. or I can just I spend $3 and it's save It's cheaper for me to
0: buy, buy, pay the shipping. Yeah. So
1: it's like, again, obviously you have the thought, well, I'm going to buy this stuff anyway. I might as well do it. Mm. You have all that stuff. But I mean, think about it. Could you, you know, could you do some type of app like TiVo saying where it's like, Hey, listen, you spend 50 more dollars uh, on beer concessions at the, at the stadium and you get a free standing room ticket, which is going to cost them 10, but they just took $40 more from you by doing it free tickets. Free tickets, yeah. So you know, listen, I would institute in my my bars if I wanted to put you know the 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 dollars behind an an application. I think
0: think that's I think that's sneaky. I think they could add a shitload of money, uh, you know, by by just letting that occur, you know, accrue, occur, accrue uh, over over the course of a season, and you could have it all. You could have it on their websites, like round up for the for the for, for the team, you know. Do you round ra- you know, do you round up from 73 cents? Just because Move Chris over, Davis charities,
2: it's coming to the bottom line.
1: That's right, baby. Yeah. Well, listen. So, again, there's there's definitely something to be there. I we've thought about bringing the the, the logger, the the Mountaineer Trust logger into Green Rock, that's West Virginia bar. Um and you're probably right. You probably get people to buy. It. I like if I went to go sit down even though I I get my my drinks for free. If I was going to go sit down at the at – the, at, if I'm going to a Mountaineer game this year, which I, it's unlikely, but if I go to a Mountaineer game this year, that is 100% the beer I'm buying. Yeah. It's like, wait, you're drinking, a,
0: you're drinking a Bud Light when you don't care about the team? 100%.
1: Uh, you're right. Yeah, I can't be doing that. I got care about
2: the beer. the only thing care
1: about? Get out of here.
0: It's like, you think you're thinking that four-star is going to pay for himself? <laughs>
1: I heard that, TiVo. Uh, but <laughs> – anyway listen guys great episode love this and I again I think this is this is kind of like how I want to do this this is a a podcast that I think we all have a unique takes on so uh this is the stuff that we'll be hopefully hitting on as we go in and, and we'll get we'll talk more a little bit football talk about Western lager stuff like that that I think is cool to kind of mention to people and I know Sean will get well into that conversation uh if we're talking about the Mountaineers so guys fall is upon us and quickly even though this is this is in the end this is how we'll end but this is coming out on Monday, but can we please clap it up and I'll tell you why afterwards? (laughs) Today. The pumpkin spice latte has returned. Wow. 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 It has returned. Fall Close is Close down upon the us. beaches.
0: Activate the foliage. Pumpkin Patty is in the house. <laughs> yes. The pumpkin Patty is here, and
1: he is here to stay, folks. <laughs> (laughs) uh pumpkin spice live, which is in my opinion the first sign of fall every year at least here in the northeast Mm -hmm. um the first sign of fall so autumn is upon us guys the beach season's over and if you're watching this on youtube you can tell that tevo has come prepared for the fall as he is dressed (laughs) as if it's the middle of winter
0: (laughs) much is ready to get back to back to his real bed
2: (laughs) i don't know i don't know i don't know what that is no well his
1: your tour duties are coming to an end uh, this is the last episode with TiVo on the Road, and uh, we will uh, he will rejoin us back here on the East Coast here for next week's episode. But in hope you guys had an enjoyable weekend. And uh, until next time, guys, we'll see you.